the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. To have faith in God is not a stagnant state. It's a journey. As a believer, we should grow in our knowledge of God and His Word. Walk with Alan Cutting and many other believers as together we walk the believer's journey. Aloha and welcome to the Believer's Journey again. Thank you for joining us today. Um, I think we have a wonderful, wonderful um, session here, program. Um, I have a really dear friend who's visiting all the way from Moldova. Uh, he was up in another area. I was able to get him to come on down, and I think you'll really enjoy this. Actually, uh, his name is Anatoly. He uh, was on our program, I think the very third program we ever had, he and his wife were on. It was a couple years ago. Yeah. So anyway, before we get going, I do want to thank everyone who supports our uh, program, uh, prays for our program, watches us. Please do subscribe to our uh, channel. And for all those who sponsor us, I want to thank you. You, uh, If you go to our website, thebelieversjourney.net, you'll find uh, all kinds of things. Our sponsors list are there, as well as what we believe, uh, books we recommend. And a list of all of our guests and what they're about. Anyway, so Anatoly, uh, welcome. Thank you so much. Today we're going to talk in the second half of our program about obedience. And uh, but before we get started, I wanted to uh, we want to talk about what Anatoly does. Um, I've known him what since two thousand and eleven. I think thirteen, I guess. Well, 12. I was there eleven when you lived next door to Radu. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was 2012. You had little baby twins. Yeah. Twin boys. Yeah, it was 2012. Yes, sir. Yeah. So anyway, um, so Anatoly's been with uh, Campus Crusade, now crew, for since 2010. Yes. And uh, you, at that time, were just beginning in, or had begun in, mm-hmm. in there. And um, I remember... Other than living next door to where we were, uh, I think you guys had me over for a Bible study with your groups. Yes. And, yes. Um, yes. I think that's when your your wife impressed me because I mentioned something about a word in how we have it in English and what it was like in the Greek. And she immediately walked over to the mm-hmm. bookcase, mm-hmm. And looked it up in Russian and says, oh, you're right. <laughs> I thought, wow, she really looks things up. And I thought, how She's is She's checking all the time. Oh, I love that. <clears throat> and that's the way we need to be. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so um, right now, Anatoly is uh, the national leader for a global church movement in Eastern Europe. In Moldova. In Moldova. Yes, sir. Your thing says Eastern Europe, by the way. <laughs> So, um, and so he's now taking a leadership role. He does a, an amazing job. And um, so I want to talk about what you do and everything about Moldova. We talk about Moldova in this program a lot. Yeah, you don't mean, uh, you don't want me to explain where is Moldova. Yes, everybody already knows. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. yeah. We, 
Uh, if you watch my program, you'll know about Moldova. Yeah. So, but go ahead and talk to us about what you do. Um, other than you know, you have a wife, you have four children. Yes. And um, uh, I really uh, think you have an amazing family. So, mm -hmm. and talk about what you do. So yes, we joined crew in 2010. Before 2010, since 2006, I guess, when we became students, we were involved all four years in our university. We were involved with crew ministry. We were leading Bible study group. We are taught how to share the gospel, how to disciple people, how to read your Bible. So after one year, <clears throat> Uh, we became leaders of a Bible study group, and we were involved in the ministry with crew, which called in bedtime coverage. The main idea was to cover with the gospel whole country. So we used to go, we used to go to each city, each village, each town to show Jesus film movie, and to help local churches to have new people in their churches and train their <clears throat> staff how they can disciple new believers. And in 2010, we graduated our universities, and we joined crew. And after two years, I guess, we just realized that we have a, still have a huge need in churches, in local churches in my country. Because here in the United States, you have almost in each corner a church. So if person is really interested or he wants to know more about spiritual things about God, he can even walk again 10, feel, I guess 10, 15 minutes, and he's in a church. And Moldova is not like that. So we started to pray. I guess it was 2012. We had with our team in that time 14 people with the coverage. And we started to ask God what kind of ministry should we start like a crew just to be able to answer this need. We started to pray Almost whole year we were spending uh, in a, we were <clears throat> studying Book of Acts just to see how Holy Spirit worked in that time in the first century and built His church. So in the end, 2012, we get a vision which became really our dream. So our vision is to have for every thousand in our country a small home church or Bible study group. Mm -hmm. Uh, in that case, we really believe that each person who would like to know more about God, he will know somebody who will truly follow Jesus. We dream that if a person on the, our streets will stop somebody and he ask, do you know somebody who is a real Christian? He said, yes, I know in that neighborhood, I know a couple, Radu and Luda. We're really followers of Jesus. So this is our dream. <clears throat> and because we believe that Christians, it's almost not possible to grow in your relationship with God, without community, without church. So in 2013, in February, actually, 10 years ago, we started planning home churches and Bible study groups. And we started with, I guess, eight home churches, less than 20 leaders. And in the next 10 years, we would be able to raise and to plant uh, 58 home churches and Bible study groups in the whole country, even some of them in Russia, in uh, Romania, and to raise more than 100 leaders who are able to lead these groups and uh, home churches. And <clears throat> why home churches? Because um, 
it's easier or something common in our country to invite people to your home to serve a good dinner and to have a spiritual conversation. And we really dream that all these home churches we will have really very strong family relationship. Because we think that a church is not only governing on Sundays. Church is what is going on during the week. So we really want that those people who will be part of home churches, they will pray to each other, they will be involved in daily life of each other. If somebody needs to move, there is, we are like a church, we want to help you. If people have some issues, we want to help you. So this kind of ministry we started 10 years ago, and we are really very blessed to see how God is build, building his kingdom in our small country. We are sharing the gospel. We design, uh, discipling people. We are using differ, different tools, how to share the gospel in person. I guess you are familiar with food spiritual laws. We're still using them uh, last couple years, I guess, since COVID started. Uh, we are using a lot of uh, internet resources because people last, I guess, three years are spending a lot of time in internet and social media. So we try to to reach people in the internet as well. Just for example, so last December 2022, we filmed our testimonies. Uh, so right now, with Global Church Movement Ministry, we have 22 staff. So almost each of us, we uh, uh, filmed our testimonies, and we started to publish its second day in December in Facebook with our testimonies. So more than 12,000 people watched our testimonies, and through our testimonies, we are sharing the gospel with them. Now, I've, um, <clears throat> I've looked at these testimonies. Of course, I don't speak Russian, the lang- Russian, Russian Romanian. or Romanian. However, um, I have, what's really cool for all of those you watching, um, I don't know where, where to find these. I just have to be friends because I get yes. so I get these. Yes. But what's really cool is that I can go above the video yes. and it's written in English. I can see it and read what they're saying. And so I yes. have the whole thing written out for me. But if, for our audience, where can people go if they actually want to see the, either the video or read what what is written about this? So we have website, you know, Crew Moldova. We are always publishing. If you would like to have some more contacts, people will contact us through Facebook as well. Through our website, we can um, <clears throat> leave where not information but questions we would like to answer. So this way how people can yeah. know about us more. So tell me what what is global church movement? I mean, this is you're the leader, the national leader for global church movement, correct? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is it? So our idea. So in Moldova, as I just shared, we are planting home churches, but in global, we really it's a became a vision for global uh, to have for every thousand people a church. Why? So it's about planting churches and Bible study groups. So to to raise leaders, to train new believers, not new believers, but to train uh, people who would like to lead, would like to have a Bible study in their home or some cafeteria, or if they have a gift, like a pastor, to become, to, to start a home church, we want to train them. So our idea to train as many people as possible and to give opportunity to serve to each, each Christian, not only in our country, but globally. So this is about what global church movement. We are 
planting churches, Bible study groups, and we are raising new generation of leaders. So our home churches, not only home churches, but churches and Bible study groups would be able to multiply. So this is about, and we, we are doing a lot of stuff, sharing the gospel, disciple people, casting vision. We are gathering, so in Moldova, we are gathering people a couple of times per year, and we're just sharing what does it mean to plant home churches, how to lead, how to raise a new generation of leaders, and of course, theological courses for leaders. We want to be sure that we're teaching truth, and we want to help them to, um, to understand more deeply the scripture. Now, um, I'm real familiar with this because I've attended many of your yeah. Uh, home churches, and I've spoken in many of the home churches too. What I really think is really cool is that the people know each other. I mean, they yes. get, and if they don't, they do get to know each other. Because on average, it's eight, ten, twelve people. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then what happens is, oh, the meals, the food is wonderful. <laughs> I love coming to some of them. You, you got great food in some of these places. But it's it's a place to get to know each other, and you have accountability. Oh, yes. And what's really nice is that you follow each other through the week. Where I know, like in the United States or in Canada and places like that, you go to church, you see each other for, oh, hello, how mm -hmm. are you? You sit down, listen to the sermon, sing songs. Well, I'll see you next week. Goodbye. And that's all you see of the person. Mm -hmm. Where I know in these small groups you have, you keep tabs and in, in touch with people. See, when somebody's having a hard time, you know about it. You know, oh, to, yes. pray, you know to pray for them. And it's amazing. I love what, what the way the route has gone with these small groups, small home churches. Yeah, church. it's so interesting. Almost, I guess, each home church has their own chat, like mm -hmm. Messenger or Telegram. And people are chatting during the day, hey, my kid just gets sick, could you pray, please? And it's usually on Sundays when we have a Bible study, we try to apply how we can apply these truths which we just read, we just started next week. And so when we are gathering on Sundays, we are sharing how God was working. If it, if it was to share with somebody about some stories from the scripture, how it was. And in the same time, when you have 8, 10 or 12 people and somebody is missing, mm -hmm. the church is really missing him yeah well it's not 100 people i don't want to tell something bad about big churches i think it's a good place for them and a lot of people still attend and they're a big blessing for uh countries but there is people who prefer to be in a small community yeah and we see how god is using that's why we are practicing this so how many home churches do you have now in Moldova? 58 home churches and Bible study groups. It's about, I guess, I don't remember the right statistic, but about 35 or 28 home churches and the rest of them are Bible study groups, something like that. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but also what you do, you meet on the weekdays in, in your groups, but then maybe once a month or whatever, you yes, all sir. to come together in a church yes. meeting. And that's in a big group at the at the sanctuary. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yeah, so these 58 home churches and Bible study groups, they are split in four, if I can say, unions. 
So you are familiar with God Space right. Union. We call, so right now, we started 10 years ago, eight home churches right now, God Space had 13 home churches, I guess. So free Sundays in a month, we are gathering in a homes, different places, in the Chisinau is usually, and suburb of Chisinau. And once in a month, as usual, as the last Sunday in the month, we are gathering all 13 home churches all together, just to celebrate together, to have a good worship, uh, just to celebrate God's victories in the last month, and just to have more uh, communications to, to fellowship with one another. So Godspace, so for all of everybody watching, Godspace is the church. Yes, sir. And it's like governs all 58 no, home churches. It covers only 13. 13. We have another one with schools oh, in Vieria, in Romania. Unfortunately, it's hard for me. Resurrection, I guess, in English. Sorry. It's in our church, we cover five or six. There is another in Transnistria, and I guess you're familiar with Transnistria as well. If not, if you will have no, time. My wife will let me go there, so I'm not too familiar. I, I know, <laughs> but maybe you'll share. So in Transnistria right now, we have eight home churches and Bible study groups. And there is a union. The name is The Church Without Walls. Okay. So different unions where... Have, but all together we are very close friends. As usual, we are gathering a couple times per year all together, all our leaders, just to train them. Yeah. Or for vision days, like casting vision. Or, so retreats. So we are doing one one time per year retreat for all our leaders from all these unions. You know. So yeah, that's really neat. I know that. I I, I also love going to Godspace. Um, the way that they have their church service, and this isn't true for all Moldovans, this is true for your group, is that they actually have a round table, and you have about six chairs? Uh, yeah, five, six chairs. Per table. Yes, sir. And they usually have in the middle a bowl of fruit. Yes. Or crackers, or, and you bring your tea or your coffee, and, and it's really a social gathering that you're all worshiping and celebrating in the Lord. And communication. I think it's yes. a very important attribute, if I can say, uh, one of the attributes of a church, so people will communicate. And probably you remember, so when pastor is preaching, he always, in the end, he asks two, three questions about his preaching, and we are on our tables are discussing, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's it's very important for us, like a global church movement ministry in Moldova, but I guess in all countries as well. So we will apply how we can apply, like a homework, how we can apply what we just heard, what yeah. we just studied in the scripture. The reason I like it, it, it seems to, you almost have the idea that you're following uh, the early church um way of doing things yeah book of acts yeah. second chapter exactly yes you know i think uh, unfortunately we've gotten away from that over here and gotten away from a lot of small groups we i think a lot of the country tried small groups here but these mega churches started popping up and some of them don't follow through with the small groups which i think is where you're going to find your um accountability yes you know you're going to you're going to find 
not necessarily growth in numbers, but you'll find growth in individuals in their relationship with Jesus and one another. It's interesting. <clears throat> I visited a couple churches here, well, actually in the Austin area, and one of them is Austin Ridge Bible Church and Hill Country Bible Church uh, in Austin. And their idea, so their gathering on Sundays, like a regular church, but almost all people who are part of where churches were split in life groups, small groups. Mm-hmm. During the week, somebody has a gathering after su- Sunday um, sermon. A lot of people are gathering during the week and were discussing about preaching. Yeah. About pastoring. Which I, and, uh, which I saw, it's like our home churches. So it's 12, maybe 15 people, you know, six seven couples and they really um, have very very strong relationship between them so it's something but we call it home church in our country yeah the other thing i like about the the small groups you have the home church groups you have at least the ones i have attended let's say um and Sasha and Alina. Yes. Now, Sasha is the oh, pastor dear, dear over yes. um, Grace Church, Grace Space. God Space. God Space. Mm-hmm. And um, so what I like about theirs is they actually have in a whole time, they work, have the children mm-hmm. do things. And they have a lesson in the middle or beginning of the whole group with the children. I thought... That's really nice. So they involve the children, even in their home church study time. They are so good in that. So we see a lot of benefits from the home churches, but it's still we have some issues. And what to do with kids? So you had been in our apartments. It's usually, it's not big apartments. Right. Two, two bedrooms, one small living room. So when you have even four or five kids, it's kind of noisy. <laughs> so what to do? So, and Sasha and Alina, they found it really, really good way how to involve kids in the program. So, all parents together, they're praying, yeah. uh, they have some discussions, and after, kids can go and to watch some maybe cartoons, and parents can continue to have a more deeply discussions about the topic, which... I think it's so good. So Sasha and Alina, they, I think one of the first uh, leaders of home churches which found some sol- uh, solutions about kids. kids. So And actually, they're so, so good leaders. I know Sasha and Alina, I guess since 2007 or eight, they became our dear friends and we're still serving together in one team. Yeah. They're, they're a great couple. Oh, they are, and very good leaders as well. Yeah. So um, if you ever ever go to Moldova and you ever get connected with crew out there, Sasha's the guy that has cactus all over his house. <laughs> yes. It's, he's, got, he's got a hobby of, of collecting cacti. I mean, you must have about 40 or 50 of these, you know. It's just a really funny. And he knows everything about each I know. Cactus. I know. He's so good. He so takes care. Yeah. So, um, so I want to mention now you're married. You, I am your wife Luba. Um, so she has a lot of uh, ministry herself to women, and I know she puts out videos, mm-hmm. little short videos all the time. But she's got a tremendous influence on people, and she's got a, a, an amazing way of 
speaking truth, speaking the Lord, mm-hmm. the truth of the Lord, and I and I notice that. Um, talk about that a bit. Well, it's not easy to to talk about. Well, I can tell you this. I know that you've you've always complained that you think that I love your wife more than you. You do. And you're right. (laughs) (laughs) She's amazing, and she's caught my heart. She, you know, boy. But you guys, both of you, are one of my favorite people in all the world. I mean, thank you so much. You really are. But yeah, your wife's got my heart. You know, she's great. She's so amazing. I remember for the first day when she just became a Christian, when she just believed in Jesus Christ. I don't know why. It's just a miracle. She was changed. very fast and she always wanted to be a missionary even she didn't knew anything what does it mean to be a good missionary or to be a missionary but even when we get married in 2008 she always wanted to be a missionary even my education you know i, I graduated technical university i'm an engineer she is a teacher of english and romanian language but she always wanted to be involved in the ministry to share the gospel, to disciple people, to mentor people, to have a Bible study, uh, to serve with her gifts, you know, her gifts. So she's doing, so she's a huge help for me. So she is one of the leaders of GCM. So Mm -hmm. I have eight people in our leadership GCM team. She's one and of them and Sasha and Alina as well. And she's uh, helping with uh, to lead home church as well, and she actually take care about kids. She has kids Bible study while before we after we have our Bible study with adults. She takes kids for thirty forty minutes just to have with them uh, some some program and social media. She used last couple of years Instagram and she's sharing her experience how to raise kids. You know, what does it mean to be a good wife for, for her husband, for biblicals uh, point of view, and a lot, a lot of stuff. And right now she's serving as well uh, refugees. So, you know, we have a lot of refugees in our country and we try to serve them as well. And we do actually. And every Monday she goes to to our refugee center and she helps mom to understand more how to raise a kid, how to become a good parent for a kid to have this trust relationship with you and kids, especially when kids are growing and we become teenagers. So yeah, she is she is amazing. She is even she is mom with four kids, and she's always busy. But her heart is fully dedicated to the ministry. Yeah. So when she does uh, videos in English, I always watch them. But most of them are in Russian. and um, some... Because a lot of people, it's so interesting, a lot of people are watching from Ukraine, from yeah. Russia, from Belarus. So, yeah, and a lot, of course, a lot of Moldavian people who are Russian speakers as well. Yeah. So because our native language is Russian, so, yeah. Oh. So, yeah. It's a blessing to have here, like, a wife. Well, you know, it's really kind of nice because I know that, you know, when she watches my the program, The Fleet yes, Journeys. When she, she's cooking dinners, usually. And she, lots of times she'll write, you know, oh, this is a blessing, or, you know, I really have to think about that, or, I, you know, and she, she comments, which I love comments, mm-hmm. by the way. So I, mm-hmm. so that's how I know she watches the program. She loves to dip, if, if it's a right, uh, right word in the scripture. So yeah. it's usually every day when she have a, her personal time with Jesus, 
it will be several dictionaries, you know, and she know, right? She likes to make notes in her Bible. I don't like <laughs> to write with my pen in a Bible. So, yeah. Well, I know that I say a lot of things because I come from the educational part of teaching yes. or from the Greek or whatever it is. And a lot of times people don't hear these things. But when I do that and she's there, she doesn't sit and say, okay. She'll go, well, wait a minute. I never heard that before. And she'll go search it out. Mm -hmm. yes. And it's like, yes, that's what we all need to do is search out what we're hearing. Don't just accept it just because somebody's teaching mm -hmm. it, you know. So, but I, I really, I love you guys, both of you. You know, I have to tell my audience this, this couple uh, you guys both were on my program in the beginning. Yes, sir. But but this couple, I mean, they're very true in their heart. I, I'm i honored when you guys have come to me, whether together or individually, and you've asked me questions about marriage or you mm -hmm. asked me questions about yeah. retirement. I mean, I talked to you about retirement. What do you have now? You have a great big giant field of... Um, Walnut trees. Walnut trees. There's your retirement. I mean, it's really kind of cool. So I feel like I've been a very part of your life because you actually come and we talk. You you was actually one of the first person, I think, which we just heard about relationship between uh, husband and wife. And uh, we took this one of uh, ideas. I don't know it's your idea or you just <laughs> take it. Uh, dates. Even yeah. if you are married, 20, 30 years, doesn't matter. You can have still dates, and we try to practice this, and it's really, we see how our relationship are growing. When kids are at home, maybe with somebody, or maybe for, by themselves, and it's nothing, yeah. something, nothing fancy. You just have a cup of coffee, and you're walking in your neighborhood, and you're spending time all together, even 15 years of marriage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's important to have it once a week, have a date. You know, don't take the kids, don't talk about all that stuff, and and give your wife a flower. Well, to be honest, I'm not so good in that, <laughs> but I will try my best. I remember a few years ago, you told me, I'm giving my wife a flower. You know, you, you made sure I, I knew that. I try even when it's not special days. Yeah. Something special when it's not expected. You know. Well, you have an amazing wife. You're an amazing guy. You've got great kids. I haven't seen your your new daughter. I haven't seen her yet. Mm -hmm. But she was little. I mean, I haven't yeah, really she experienced. Was a very small. One. Yeah. yeah. But Anna, I love Anna. She's she's great. She I don't know for some reason she likes me, but you know, she's okay. And she is. your boys are funny. You know, sport guys. Yeah. So anyway, so let's go ahead and and get to our topic on obedience. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's interesting uh, as we go, Anatoly and I have these discussions a lot. And and it's really interesting is that the, the language barrier sometimes interferes with things. What do you mean? Yeah, I Just know. Just explain me. <laughs> well, you know, because I'll say something. I know in the past, well, I kind of disagree with that. But last night we got to talk and also I realized... We're saying different things, but I said, we're saying the same thing, but it's just, just different, different words. Different words, exactly. Well, because of my, my English and sometimes some <clears throat> words in Russian, they have very strong meaning. Mm -hmm. And when I translate, I think, well, I think you are... No, I, I want to ask you one more time, what do you mean about this? So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, your wife translates for me. She should know. 
Your English much more better than mine. <laughs> so we were talking about obedience, and Elsa came to you. This is what we should talk about, obedience. And um, actually, in my teaching, I teach that in the Old Testament, God, the Bible teaches that we need to live in obedience. We need to live in holiness, in righteousness, and in faith. And you pop over to the New Testament, and it says we need to live in obedience. We need to live in righteousness. We leave, need to live in, you know, uh, faith, and we need to live in holiness. Same thing. So, so we have the same structure all across the board. God is obviously teaching us and wanting to have us live the same, which is faith in Him, which is in a relationship with Him and a relationship with one another. Um. So in my dissertation that I just turned in last year, I wrote, I, it came to me last night. And so I decided, oh, really? I'm gonna, yeah, <laughs> well, I, I wrote on um, that Christianity uh, was, uh, is not a religion, but mm -hmm. is in fact a relationship. And that relationship is with God mm -hmm. and with other believers. Mm -hmm. So I, I went to prove that in my dissertation. So I think I got from the professors of the of the seminary, they were kind of interested because they said they've never had anybody write on this before. Mm. So I thought, wow, this is good. So mm -hmm. in that, I write this uh, in, in the, toward the end of the um, paper. I say, disobedience led to the fall of humanity. But obedience has always led to spiritual growth. And we are speaking about obedience to God, but in average. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Okay. So the disobedience was the fall of mankind with Adam and Eve. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. The church, now when we say the church, we're talking about believers, mm -hmm. okay, is governed by faith in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And faith being that active part that we are obedient to him in his teachings, Okay. Uh, I truly believe a, a, a believer, a Christian, is one who follows the teachings of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because we anxiously await the promise of the righteousness through faith, purification, and inconceivable in the absence of faith, what we have is, if you read Galatians 5, 5, we'll, you'll get that together. Okay. So I go on to say, it is important to define the word faith as it is written in the Greek language in the scriptures. The Greek word for faith is pistis, spelled P-I-S-T-I-S. Pistis is actually an active mm -hmm. verb, mm -hmm. okay, and needs to be addressed accordingly. A lot of times we say, I have faith, but we're talking about a noun, but it's really, you know, it, it's, it's a verb, it's an action verb, okay. Therefore, saving faith always requires an action response. So okay. for me to have faith in Jesus, for example, it takes action on my part to show and give that faith to have saving faith. Right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Then I go on and I say, saving faith is a faith which personally receives Jesus as he comes to us and for all. He offers himself to be. So everything that he has and he is who comes to you saving faith 
is that which accepts and receives him for all that he's come to you with. Okay. Mm-hmm. Finally, it is a faith that calls upon the name of the Lord. It is a faith that surrenders to the person of Christ, not a mere creed. It is, it's a faith that is confessed publicly. And faith, though it doesn't mean directly obedience, it's got indirect implications of obedience. Mm-hmm. So if you read like in, um, in Hebrews chapter 11, we talked about this, I think, last yes. night, where, you know, because of, this, of Noah's faith, when God told him to build the ark, he mm-hmm. built the ark. That was faith. So it was an action of obedience. Mm-hmm. And, and it goes down the whole list there in, in Hebrews mm-hmm. about what faith is. But actually, we're talking about obedience within that. So I want to read this scripture. I want to talk about it. Jesus said in chapter 15 of, Mark, of, of John, John verse 14, he says, You are my friends if you do what I, I command you. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Well, I think Jesus showed us a huge example how to be obedient to his father okay. as well. And he left a lot of commitments and he was so faithful to his father. And he said, if you are following me, me and you are, uh, obey my commitments, you know, you are my friends. Yes, you're my followers. So for me, to be obedient to God, it's every day to deep in the scripture. Try to apply. Even sometimes when I read and just read the scripture, I understand I'm still so sinful. God has so much work still in my heart. And I want with but Jesus will change and will help me to apply everything which is written in the scripture. And I, when I speak in the scripture, I don't mean only in the New Testament. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for me, obedient is just to try to apply what he left, what he taught, uh, told us to do. And we see in the scripture where his disciples did this. They were so obedient. Jesus, before his last breath, he was breath? Mm-hmm. Breath. Yeah, breath. He we have a, a uh, actually, what you, in English, we have a TH, breath. Breath. Yeah, I, I know. Breath. A lot of people in your country have a hard time with the TH. Yeah, breath. Breath. Yeah, so he was so obedient. Even his one of his last prayer. Father, if can this cup grow uh, go near me, but not my will, but let your will be done. Yeah. So for me, I think to be obedient to Jesus, to his commitment, it's very often not easy. It's always cost you something. But that's, I think, how Jesus and Holy Spirit are working in our hearts. Well... Okay, so here's where we have to clarify. Clarify, yeah. Because I don't believe that being obedient necessarily is hard. Not off. Yeah, okay, yeah. You Go know, ahead. I think the times when it's hard is because I'm selfish. Yes. Okay, but if I could put aside my selfishness, 
being obedient to him is pretty easy. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Uh, yes, but it's not easy to put. <laughs> do not be selfish. So well, like a human being, yeah. I think it's one of the most common struggling, which we have like Christians. Uh-huh. You know, we always want to be on the th- throne mm-hmm. of our life. And it's not easy. We know that right answer is that Jesus should be on the throne. Right. And I guess, and I really want to believe it, all Christians want this. But because we are selfish, our ego is so high, sometimes it's not easy. Yeah, and I, I think that the Apostle John um, addresses this in the second chapter of First John. When he says, you know, what we need to be aware of and be watch for is the pride of life, mm-hmm. lust of the eye, and the lust of the flesh, mm-hmm. which what we're talking about is self-centeredness, selfishness, mm-hmm. that we're all about me, myself, and I, mm-hmm. rather than keeping our focus on Jesus. And I think that you're right. I think that's where the problem is. Uh, I think our biggest problem, our biggest fight, if you will, isn't Lucifer. It's ourselves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's why we still, it's became so big dream of, of our hearts about home churches. You need somebody close to you. You mm-hmm. need to have a community which can help you and you will be uh, accountable right. to somebody. So a small community really helps you to go through all these issues. And, um, yeah. This is about family. When we have some, when I see in my child some problems, I come to him and say, "Hey, let's talk. I think it's a wrong way. Let's think about this." So the same in the church, and to be obedient, I think it's one of the important um, comment commitments, if I can say, which we have today. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because there's two other scriptures. One where Jesus uh, says in John 14, he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments or you'll obey me, whichever uh, version you have says one or the other. But there's another, there's another scripture in Luke. This is really interesting. In Luke 11, 27, 28, it says, as Jesus was saying these things. So he, he's talking to a group. A woman came out and, and, and called out in the crowd and said, Blessed is the mother who gave you birth mm-hmm. and nursed you. Mm-hmm. I opened in my Russian. And then Jesus says, Blessed rather are those who hear the word and obey it. So I gather from that is that if we are truly obedient to him, that there's true blessing in that. Oh, yeah. For sure. You know. So I uh, I see here connections, very powerful connections, which you say just if you really love Jesus and he became on throne, he's sitting on the throne of your life, it's easier to obey. Mm-hmm. When you love somebody, you know, when your wife, it's easier to make your wife happy because you love her. If you have a good relationship with somebody like friendship, it's easy sometimes to give up with your ego. So, well, your friend will benefit with something because you can do this because you have a strong relationship with people. So, I guess with Jesus, you know, when you love Jesus and you really want Him to change you, it's 
it's not so complicated, but in the same time, I, I think this main step, he should be on the throne yeah. of your life. Yeah. And anyway, I, I, I teach this. Um, it was really cool. I've been teaching this for ooh, 20, 30 years now that our life is like a circle and we got a little, little circle in, in the middle and we have like uh, pieces of pie. Okay. And, and all the pieces of pie are the areas of life that God has brought to you and you bring them into your life. Like you might have a piece of pie that might be your wife or it might be the church or it might be a friend, might be a hobby, might be your car. Mm-hmm. You know, all the little things it might be your children, mm-hmm. your friends, whatever Ministry it might be. sometimes. Yeah. But in the center, that little circle would be Jesus. Mm-hmm. And all those pieces of pie, all those areas of your life are connected to you, to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So that relationship you have with Jesus is also connected to the relationships you have with all the things in your life. And what I teach is that if you have Jesus focused at the center of your life and the center of all your relationships, then what truly happens is Jesus becomes all of your life. Mm-hmm. And in Colossians, it says that he is preeminent, or he should be, he is preeminent over all the church. Well, he becomes preeminent, which means supreme, when that truly happens, that he is the center and focus of everything in your life, all the areas of your life, all the people in your life. He's central and focused. And when that happens, he becomes all of your life. Mm-hmm. And I truly that believe that comes with uh, faith and obedience. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah, it it just which I, we we spoke with you last evening. Sometimes to grow in a relationship and to grow spiritually, it's painful when you understand your that you are selfish, that you are sinner, and God is holy. Mm-hmm. And but in the same time. It's a so big blessing to be obedient, to grow in your relationship with God, and to honor Him and to glorify. Yeah. I think all, all like Christians, like His Church, we want to glorify Him every day with our thoughts, our deeds, our words. We want to glorify Him because we His children by faith, you know, we His His Church, and. When you understand this, you know, you you are going through different experience, different issues, but God is working in your heart and helps you to bring him glory. Yeah. If you are not doing this something like this, you are not growing. So I think that we have only two waves in our relationship with God. Or to grow or to go backwards. Go back. There is no a middle step where you can stay and there is enough for me. So there's two things there. One, which is the last thing you talked about, about staying. Yes. It's interesting because uh, when I started going to this church and they had, back in the day, when they had church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and then Wednesday, you go three mm-hmm. times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, today, you don't have that much. But Wednesday was like a time of testimony and a Bible study. Well, there were some people that would stand up to give their testimony and it would be the same words, the same thing, 
back when I was a child or when I was a teenager, I gave my life to Jesus, I was saved, etc., 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 and period, it was over. And the next week, and the next week, and then when I was the same was. thing. Yeah. So, well, what happened between now and then? I mean, the last 20, 30, 50 years, hasn't anything happened? The same. So there's no growth. And you wonder what ha- what's happened. So I've always wondered about that because I don't, of course, me, you know, I've been stupid enough to go backwards, mm. you know. <laughs> so I've had to, you know, I've had a lot of jolts to have to slap me around to pick myself up to start moving forward, you know. And But real blessing comes. In fact, um, um, I forgot what I was going to say in the second part, but there is a verse here in John 14, 23 and 24. John 14? 14, 23 and 24. says this, Jesus replied, if anyone loves me, okay, he will mm-hmm. he will obey my teaching. My father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. So what Jesus is basically saying here, he's putting love and obedience Mm -hmm. on on the same level, Mm -hmm. almost like they belong together. If you love me, you'll obey me. Anyone who loves me will obey me. And if you don't obey me, I guess it's like you don't love him. And I'm, I'm thinking, well, we need to hear that more. Mm-hmm. I mean, are we are we not teaching this in our churches? Because there's a lot of times I don't, I either don't see the fruit in people's lives of loving all, and they're they're not loving Jesus. You know, I don't know, but you know, and I'm, and. I guess, fortunately, I'm not a judge. I don't sit in the judgment seat to tell people, well, you're a sinner, you're going to hell. Mm-hmm. That's not my position or place or right. But Jesus is pretty clear here. And, he, and I like the idea he's making love and obedience right there together. You know? Yeah, yeah, because, you know, we have example about uh, apostles. We gave their life. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of different Christians, uh, we were killed, you know, because they loved Jesus. We became his disciples, and we were obeying to his word, and we were sharing the gospel. Even we were persecuted, we still continue to do what Jesus asked them to do. Asked them to do. So yeah, and as usually we. We like to speak about God with His love, and He is. But in the same time, if I love, there is actions. Right. That's why I love. I am saved. I have eternal life. And that's why I want to have this journey together with God. To bring Him glory. Because He just saved me. And I think that's probably why, I mean, in all the Bible... You don't see in the scriptures where it says to be saved, to be Christian, you need to accept Jesus as your Savior. It never says this. You need to believe. What it says is you need to make him Lord of your life. Mm-hmm. And so this requires faith. This is requires obedience. This requires a following on our part. Um, there's a, there are people in the world... I guess maybe in Christendom 
that believe because they're they live in a certain country or they live in a certain home or go to a certain church because they were born in a certain home that they're automatically a Christian or they automatically go to heaven that Jesus is automatically their savior but by all means they don't follow his teachings or obey him or you know they there's nothing there to say he's lord of their life he's savior when you when you follow and, and you make him lord of your life and i think that's interesting because when he says these words here it really points to that that we need to follow him we need to be obedient we need to know that if we love <laughs> for example can you imagine i'm married you know, but yeah, I love my wife. Will I do what she says? No, I'm not going to do what she says. I'm my own person. Mm-hmm. Well, how is that love? Kind of love. Exactly. And it's, you know, sir, it's um, it's a blessing to follow him. Mm-hmm. It's a real blessing. I can say so. I became a Christians, Christian since 2004, almost 20 years ago, 19 years ago. And I remember my lifestyle, my values, and I remember how God changed me. And today, I am a different person. It's not because I am so good. Yes, God blessed me with very good parents, and they really were very good parents. It taught me a lot of good stuff, but at the same time, uh, Jesus changed me, and still is changing. And I hope will change, because He yeah. still have a lot of job in my, in my heart. But it's a blessing to follow him because he always, always change you. And step by step, step by step, you became closer and closer to looks like him. Yeah. I, I know that I never will reach because he's holy. I am not. But my desire, I want. Yeah. And, and there's something when I was uh, teaching in Revelation, there's a chapter, I think it's in chapter six, where they're wanting to open the seals. And they said, there's, there's no one worthy enough to open the seal in, in heaven. Mm-hmm. There's no mm-hmm. one here. And he says, wait a minute, the, the lamb, lamb, he's worthy. And, and also you realize, well, wait a minute, you have all these angels, you have all these elders, all these people, all these things in heaven, and they're not worthy. And you realize, but they're saying that Jesus is worthy. Wow, then you have to go back. What did he do? How did he live? There's our example. And there becomes the worthiness. What's interesting was said earlier about being perfect. I I was in a church, and I guess many people have this problem. They think that holiness, because, you know, God says he is holy. He wants us to be holy. But we almost equate that holiness to being perfect in all the things we do. Mm-hmm. And then we say, well, we can't do that. We can't be perfect, so why try? So, Or we think that we can't be perfect, so God really doesn't expect it of us. Mm-hmm. And I think the misnomer is thinking that when he says to be holy, he's wanting us to do every little thing perfectly. When really what it is is he wants the change of our heart mm-hmm. to be transformed to honor him and seek and desire to become like him. Mm-hmm. That is holiness. That is what we're looking at, not the every perfect thing I do. We are not perfect. No, we never. Able. Not until yeah. we uh, have a eternal life with him are we going to be there. You know, so it's... But there's one other scripture I want to read. It's in First John. I seem to read a lot of John scriptures. 
<laughs> John spoke a lot about love. Oh, but you know, he he spoke. John is the writer I like the most because when he writes, it's either it's this way or that way. The in-between stuff, don't mess with it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, you know, either you're going to follow or you're not. Either you are with him or you're not. Even Jesus said, either you're for me or you're against me. Yes. I mean, so, but you John... You can't be in the middle. Yeah. You need to choose. There's no fence there to sit you on. You need to choose yeah. your camp. Yeah. <laughs> so in First in John chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, uh, and I've, I've talked about this scripture before, but it says, We know that we have come to know him, we're talking about Jesus, if we obey his commands. Okay, there's that word obey there. Verse 4, the man who says, I know him, but does not do uh, what he commands is what? A liar. Mm -hmm. And the truth is not in him. Now, John is talking to believers. He's talking to yes. people in the church, okay, who attend the church, attend, you know. Verse 5, but if anyone obeys his word, God's love is truly made complete in him. And this is how we know that we are in him. Verse 6. Whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus walked. We're talking about obedience all the way through on these verses. I mean, obviously, it, it's if you obey, 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 you know, it's all the way through these verses. Uh, if we obey, we're part of him. If we say we're part of him, we don't obey. We're not really part mm -hmm. of him. You're deceiving yourself. You're fooling yourself. And, you know, there's too many of us Christian-named people who don't obey. You know, and it's yeah. sad. But it's real clear in the scriptures. It's real clear. Obedience is, is such a key factor in our walk and relationship with Jesus and our walk in relationship with other believers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know. exactly. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. To be a, <laughs> obedient to God, it helps you to have a good relationship with Him and have, like a result, a good relationship with others. the church, yeah. with others, people who surround you. So yeah, and you're always, when you're obedient, you're bringing glory to Him. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm starting to tell people this, like in my class when I'm teaching. I say, you know what? I want Jesus to be proud of me. You know, you know I've never heard anybody say that before, but all of a sudden I started thinking, I started praying, I want you to be proud of me, Lord. And I'm telling people, I want him to be proud of me. So when I think that and when I start talking like that, I start thinking, what do I need to do for him to be proud of me? What do I need to stop doing? for him to be proud of me, you know? Yes. And I remember when my grandmother was alive, everything I did in life, I wanted her to be proud of me. Mm -hmm. There are certain things I would never say around her, you know, or wouldn't act around her because I wanted her to be proud of. Mm -hmm. Well, we can do that with Jesus. You know? Yeah, like good, you know, yeah. to be a good child, you always want your parents will be proud of you. And we know our parents, you know what brings joy to your parents? And what not. Yeah. We know. Yeah. And we know that as a, as a, as a believer, we should know this. You know, the, the laws of God are written on our heart, it says. It's right, you know, so we know. That's why we need to 
deep in the work. People just yeah. last years, I guess, stopped to read Bible. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, and I tell people, people, I've had people ask me all the time, well, how do you study the word? How, what do you do? How do you do it? And the way I do it is, is maybe different and it's not conventional. But what I do is I'll take a passage I'm reading today, for example, mm -hmm. and I'll read it. If I don't learn what I need to learn, I feel like the Lord's trying to teach me, I won't read a different verse tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I read the same verse tomorrow mm -hmm. until I really come to where I've mm -hmm. understood mm -hmm. what God is teaching me, and then I'll go to the next one. Why would I want to read verse 1 today, verse 2 tomorrow, if I didn't understand or learn anything from verse 1? I want to learn. I want to grow. And that's the way you grow. Otherwise, you're just reciting and reading verses, and, and it doesn't affect you. Mm -hmm. So it's a, a big thing with me. It's the way I've mm -hmm. decided to learn. So, Yeah. Well, it's been good to have you. Thank you for I'm, invitation. I'm so blessed that you came to visit. I'm really I'm so glad you came down to be on the program. So, it's a pleasure for me. So if you're watching Luba, your husband's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love no pieces. <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. It's been a wonderful day. It's been a wonderful program. I hope that you share this. And everyone, have a wonderful week and aloha. Alan Cutting and the Believer's Journey radio program seeks to teach the Word of God in a clear and practical manner. For more information, please visit the podcast page at am630theword.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.